Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Are you frustrated by your typical hunting and fishing magazines? Are you tired of reading content meant for guys up north or in the Midwest? Don't get left behind following the guidance of guys who don't hunt and fish in your home state. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors Magazine subscription and become a better Southern outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoors Magazine can be found at your local Barnes & Nobles, Books A Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rule King, Bass Pro Shops, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. And also brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. Since 1989, Southeastern Pond Management has been a leader in pond and lake management services. If you own a pond or a lake anywhere in the Southeast, Southeastern Pond Management can evaluate the health of your pond and then work with you individually to put together the right plan to get what you want out of your body of water. Through electrofishing, liming, fertilizing, and weed control, Southeastern Pond Management is the one-stop shop to help you produce more healthy, trophy fish than ever before and if you're interested in building a new pond or lake give these guys a call to help evaluate your land and design the best possible body of water for you if you're anywhere in the southeast schedule an obligation free consulting with one of their biologists by calling 1-888-830-POND or check them out on sepond.com What's up, guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report. Hope you guys are having an amazing week. I don't think we could have much more amazing weather than we've had this week. That's for sure. I mean, it is just, I know for the fishermen, it's comfortable. Uh, it's, it's a lot better than the 9,500 degrees all summer. Feels great outside. Had a little breeze. And, uh, man, just couldn't ask for more beautiful weather now. We do need a little rain, and, and, and I'm looking forward to hearing from our fishermen this week to see not only the, the weather change and the water temperature drop is, a che- is, is affecting the fish, but, you know, also the lack of rain that we have and, and, and the current and how that affects that. So, man, let's get started. I'm excited about the show, and I'm always excited about my first guest because he's always been one of my favorites, Mr. Brad Whitehead up on the Tennessee River. What's going on, my friend? Man, loving this weather. It is actually fall. We are actually getting a little bit of fall this year instead of going from, you know, 104 degrees to 32 degrees. I am absolutely loving these mornings and especially these evenings fishing. It is, um, you can't ask for no, anytime you can go outside and fish and not sweat. I love it. You ain't kidding. (laughs) Yeah. And hey, maybe we're getting maybe we're getting a little better fall because summer started so dang early this year, man. We were having August weather in in June. And uh so man, we do some cooler weather, but it, it you're right, man. I, I went fishing uh Sunday afternoon and it is just I mean, no you didn't sweat a lick. I mean, had a nice little breeze and just just enjoyable to be outside, right? Yes, one hundred percent. I encourage anybody Especially if you've got young people, now's the time to go. They they won't freeze and they won't burn up. So if you they can like get them it. on a few fish, it's great to be in the boat. But you did you did hit on a key thing that we're going to talk about. We do need some rain. Mother Nature needs to um, to to give us a little rain. That that affects our our smallmouth bite that we're going to talk about. So if we could get two or three inches of rain in October, I think we would be um, we it, it would be the ultimate 
fall. Let's just put it that way. So. Man, well, yeah, and we definitely about to talk about that. And, and you know, we know that it's that time of year where, you know, that live bait, smallmouth bite is, is on and, and it started. Uh, I know people are already doing it and catching fish, but that's just going to continue to get better uh, through the next couple of months, right? No doubt, no doubt. You know, water temperature plays a big part in this, and uh, and current. You know, you can go to the TVA apps. You know, I have a lot of people asking. I said, "Well, how do you know? You know, how much current that you have?" So TVA's got a free app that you can go to and download. It's got all the Tennessee River lakes on it, and um, but the problem is sometimes they don't go exactly on their schedule. You know, uh, a lot of people forget that the Tennessee River was built to to make electricity you know it's a hydro these these dams are hydros and and they're selling electricity so when they need it they generate it you know um it's also for flood control obviously but their main concern on these tennessee rivers is is making electricity so you know some days you can be out there and and it starts rolling really good and it'll shut off and you know it's kind of when when the current starts the dinner bell rings and then when it stops, they kind of go into transition and just kind of kind of chill to that current get started back. You know, these fish has made it in there for years and years, you know, with some current or a lot of current. So you kind of have to take a gamble right now until we get some, to, you know, get some rain. But, you know, as I've sent you some pictures, yeah, the fish has been on. This has been a wonderful September. Uh, we've been averaging – our five best fish between 20 and 25 pounds. Um, I did Goodness. a trip the other day. The guys, small wow. six of them, all small mouth. The guys I had to check six of them, weighed six of them, we had 36 pounds. Good gracious. That don't happen all the time, but we've been averaging at that 20 to 25 pound mark. And um, I just picked up a brand new boat out, uh, out at War Eagle out in Arkansas, and it is a minnow machine i've got my extreme bait tank mounted in the bottom of this and you know that that's what i'm going to be doing uh from now to about the second to third week in december so it's it's awesome i mean well, you know um you sent me a picture of that boat too and and man what a what a awesome that's an awesome rig <laughs> is, that makes me want to go get a war eagle that is a well, awesome a, rig it's a 2170 uh, Blackhawk, and it's 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 their top of the line boat, and it's got everything you need. Uh, of course, for multi-species fishing, like I'm like I do, but you know, for this live bait fishing uh, current, it's got plenty of room. It's seven feet across the top. Uh, it's just um, you know, I'm really looking forward to uh, to getting out there and um, and catching some smallmouth, but. Let let me ask you, and let me, and I, and I don't mean to stay on the War Eagle topic too long, but but I do want to know because I I think they're, and I think I've been guilty of having this misconception. You know, when I think War Eagle, up until recently, I think duck boat, right? And and but they're they're way more than that, right? I mean, they've got they are they are they they started out as Duracraft and. they were actually one of the first boats uh, that Ray Scott actually give away at, at, at a Bassmaster. It's kind of pretty neat little history there, but um, 
you know, it, it developed into War Eagle. And a lot of people get, you know, they get in the boat, you know, uh, they're Tennessee fans or, or Alabama fans, and they see it's War Eagle. And, of course, they always think about Auburn. But where that come from was it was an American-made boat, and, and the Ward family, W-A-R-D, is the one that started this. So they kind of wanted to put it together, and that's that's where the War Eagle come come into play. And uh, but yes, not only do they do they make the best aluminum duck boat on the market, they make multi species. You know, they've got a 961 that's for that in between. It's a 19 and a half foot. You know, um, an 1860, and, and and it's one of the owners told me this one time, and I don't think he cares that I say this on air, but he wanted to be like the original Ranger bass boats. And what I mean by that is build them one at a time. Okay. Uh, there's still a guy that welds this, that hand welds it. You know, we went, I always love going through the factory and I, I go out there, you know, a couple of times each year and it's really neat. You always pick up on one little thing that you think, you know, a machine didn't do that. A human being did that. And to build that boat from the ground, from the seats to everything, they're built right there in that factory. And, you know, I have a lot of guys go, well, you know, when I go to a lot, I don't see any. Well, that's the reason you don't see any because most of these are custom-built boats. When you order one, you can get one made and put in and taken out exactly what you want, from the paint to the color of the carpet, the whole nine yards. And, you know, there's just not very many family-owned aluminum boat companies out there that 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 takes place and that's quality you know yeah um, right that's quality and, and and you know force wood used to do the same thing for ranger boats you know you, you build them one at a time you build them to how the customer wants it and to me that's that means a lot you know um i, I knew war eagle was was the toughest boat on the market when you go to real foot lake and that's the only boat you see. And I asked one time, I said, why don't you see any other boats? He said, because they can't take the stumps and the bumps and the, you know, the, the abuse that these guys put it through up at Real Foot Lake in Tennessee. So, you know, this thing I got, it's a tank. I mean, and that's the way they build them, which is great below these dams because Huge, yeah. you have rocks, you have current, you know, there's things that your boat gets pushed into. And, um, you can do it out of fiberglass boats. You just got to be a lot more careful than you are in these aluminum boats. So um, it's, uh, I'm really fortunate. I've been with this family for about 14 years and uh, had, um, you know, several boats that I had a part in helping design and, and move around some things. And, and that's another thing. They listen to their customers. And that, that means a lot to me. I would say 99% of the companies that I deal with are family owned and operated that they actually listen to their fishermen, you know, or our outdoorsmen, you know, hunting or fishing. So, um, been very fortunate, but now, Hey, if, if, if you are looking for a good time to come to North Alabama, Wilson Pickwick lakes right now is a great time to come. Not only are you going to catch smallmouth, you're going to catch stripe catfish. I had a customer the other day called Sauger. You know, me and you've talked about the sauger yep. out there on Tennessee River. I had a friend that guides. He he said he had a customer the other day that actually come from Vestavia Hills. The kid wanted to catch a flathead catfish. You know, you have opportunity to catch. When you're dealing with, with, with the minnows, you have a variety of 
so many things that you can you can catch. So it's great for you know as young as I took two boys out last week. They were twelve and thirteen years old. Me and both of them, and and it was a hoot. You know, I mean, they caught everything. They couldn't believe the things that you catch with the minnows. So um, you know, if you're coming to North Alabama, now's a good time to stop by. We've got two great bait stores that carry shiners. If you don't want to catch them, Perkins Outdoors, Gray's Tackle, both of them normally keep plenty of pounds of bought shiners. So, or you can buy shiners from them. So you get a cooler, put them in a cooler, and get out there. And hey, it's as simple as that. Just go with the flow. Well, from and, and I've never been. I've never done the smallmouth. When I come up there with you in November, that'll be the first smallmouth i've ever seen in my life except on tv or pictures so i am fired up about coming up there to say the least we got a, a great group of people that's going to be there and and man we may just record a podcast from from, from the boat landing right there who knows but we're going to do something special right. for sure but man i'm excited because not just we're going to catch some some big smallmouth but like you said man you 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 may catch a stripe one cast. You may catch some. I mean, you, you just catch everything, but you're going to catch a lot, right? Yeah, uh, 100%. Uh, one of the, and I give him credit for this title, uh, John Phillips, a longtime friend, um, uh, just a awesome outdoor rider. I've done a lot of stories with him, just, just, just a good guy. But he has this saying, and he tells me all the time. He said, I'm telling you. He said, your, your, your catchphrase is bent poles and big smiles and you know that's what everybody wants you know even to catch freshwater drum uh, i had a couple in last week they had never caught a drum and love catching them you know so that's that's kind of my my new slogan is is, is big smiles and bent poles and um, you know it's just it's great for a family trip it's great for a business trip if you're entertaining customers uh, we do that a lot. We do a lot of insurance companies that come through that are that are over at our Marriott in Florence. You know, uh, some play golf, some like to fish. So if you're coming to this area and you might need to entertain, you know, some of your customers or family or friends, give us a call. We can usually get four to five boats together or we can take one, whatever, whatever you'd like to do. We're looking forward to getting you down here. You fixing to be ruined. Is what I'm saying. fixing to get ruined. I know. I can't wait. And hey, I, I I sure didn't miss it, but I hope our listeners didn't miss it. Six fish that weigh 36 pounds, smallmouth bass. That's insane. That's some tanks right there. I mean, some tanks. just a blessed afternoon. There was no, you know, it, that don't happen all the time. And I tell people, actually, I told these two guys when we got in the boat. They said, well, what's on your mind? And I said, they're not running a lot of current. And it, as a guide, you see that stuff. You don't want to tell your customers right off the bat, but it kind of kind of puts a damper. But let me tell you something. It was absolutely awesome. You know, he was a veteran, and it, it just, you know, he was amazed. Neither one of them had caught a smallmouth. And, and, you know, that probably makes me prouder than anything. If you catch one that's 14 inches or you catch one that's five pounds, Knowing that you were in my boat the first time you catch a smallmouth, you don't forget that kind of stuff. It's kind of yeah. like killing your first deer or, or, you know, catching your first largemouth or whatever. You always remember, hey, I remember that, you know. So that that means a lot to me because, you know, uh, most people, they, they don't forget it. And, um, 
you know, we always hope you catch the biggest one with us. But if you don't, the first one will work. Let me ask you this with small mouth, because there's probably a lot of people that listen to the show that are like me that have never done small mouth fishing. I mean, we see it on TV. We hear about it. We know, you know, we know a little uh, enough about it to, to talk about it every now and then. But, you know, when when you're talking about the size of a small mouth, you know, when we hear a large mouth, you kind of got those. There's kind of two two numbers that get thrown out there that you start thinking trophy when, you know, like an eight pound large mouth or a 10 pound large mouth. I mean, everybody knows that's a big fish, right? What right. is, what's that number for a small mouth? Well, what's a trophy small mouth. Typically anything over six pounds is, is, you know, I relate it to killing a, 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 a 10 point buck, you know, anything over six pounds. Um, you know, I'm sitting here in my den right now and I've got a, a one that's almost seven and one that's a little over six, you know, uh, my dad caught the one that was seven, uh, you know, and, and, you know, you just, a lot of guys don't realize, you know, they look a lot bigger than what they are. And, and that's why we try to keep a high dollar set of scales in the boat to show people, you know, if you, you know, some that, that just the way a, a, a small mouth is, is, is made they can surprise you you catch a lot of them that's got length you know we 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 had a I, not in my boat but a friend of mine which has been on the show david allen he had a he had a, a kid last year catch a six one i mean to a 12 year old kid and you hold a six one up that piece looks like it weighs 10 pounds yeah. you know i mean there's three other men in his boat too and that kid caught a six i mean that is that kid will probably never catch another six one. I mean, he that's might. Awesome. I mean, odds are, you know, that's it, a rarity, it's really right? Great. That's a that's a ten yeah. twelve pound bass, large mouth. Well, and and I'm forty six years old, and I've seen two bass, two small mouths over eight pounds. I actually physically held one that was an eight one that a guy caught, and then there was an eight two that I actually saw mounted uh, at a guy's house. You know, if it's over six, you've got a trophy. You know. Um, it, it, it's just the way it is crazy thing i always um bring this up guys talk about you know fall it's just menace you know menace 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 in the last two weeks i would say uh 60 of the bass that we've been catching on menace has threw up crawfish in our live well and I explain that you know and this this is crawfish and we're catching these fish in 16 18 foot of water now, wow. Are those fish going up at night, feeding on crawfish, feeding on shad during the day? You know, it kind of makes you think some things, you know, guys, guys that don't want a minna fish, you know, and don't think you got to have minnows. Hey, if you're coming to this area, try your jig. You know, I've been seeing it firsthand, you know, um, you know, the, uh, a smallmouth is so, I don't know how to explain it. He's just a mystery fish. You never can tell. You can catch them in four foot of water one day and catch them in 20 foot the next day. So it's just a, uh, it's a really unique fish that it takes guys years and years to figure out. I'm still trying to figure it out, but you know, you just got to put a lot of time and, and focus on that particular fish. And it's tough. I mean, it's, it's a tough fish to catch. All right, guys, let's take a couple minutes and hear from some of this week's sponsors. 
Bucks Island. Bucks Island has been in business since 1948 for all of your new and used boat needs, as well as motor sales and services. And now they have a pro level tackle store. Boat and motor trade-ins are welcome. Visit them online at bucksislands.com or give them a call at 256-442-2588. And brought to you by Photonist Defense is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. The PD Pro Series is the world's smallest and lightest night vision goggles built around the Photonis 16mm filmless 4G image intensifier tubes and our hybrid filmless 18mm image intensifier tubes. These ultralight, ultra-compact night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, smallest, most transparent halo, and best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. The PD Pro line consists of the PD Pro M 16mm monocular, the PD Pro B 16mm binocular, and the PD Pro Q panoramic night vision system. Photonist Defense, Masters of Darkness. What is your theory behind this? I mean, why is right now through the next three months, why is that the time of year we catch smallmouth? Why aren't they like a largemouth and you catch them when you're around? Where do they go? That's a mystery. Uh, This time of year, they love cooler weather and they're feeding up for the winter. Uh, That's that's the biggest thing. They make this run kind of like they do in the spring and um, they get really, really active when the water temperature starts to drop. You can usually catch good smallmouth up to the water temperature gets about 50 degrees, and then they kind of get lethargic. You you still catch them. You're just not going to catch that 60 and 70 like, like you do this time of year. And it, and it gets tough for artificial, too, because they're feeding on shad, you know, and there's so many shad in the lake this time of year. It's just hard to beat a live shad to catch a fish. How do you set up the rig when you're smallmouth fishing? I mean, what what kind of setup are we looking at? Well, the great setup about smallmouth is obviously the guys way before me uh, in years ago always use light tackle, meaning spinning rods, six, eight-pound test line. That's where your fight comes in, and that's how I'm rigged up. I've got seven-foot spinning rods, um, eight-pound uh, vicious line, high-vis. You want to be able to see it, and the reason – reason for us as guides we want to be able to see it is because if you've got two other people in the boat you can kind of judge where everybody's at you can Mm -hmm. see their cast a lot of times we're fishing one rock you know one particular cast one cast you know uh the last couple of weeks if you didn't throw exactly where i told you throw you're not gonna catch them reason b current they're set up there might be 25 fish behind one rock and if you don't let that minnow go across that rock you're not going to catch those fish um, and a split shot and, and, a, and a hook. You know, we like to use uh, some type of drop shot hook. You know, a lot of guys laughed at us and said, there's no way you're going to catch a five pound smallmouth on a hook that small. I'm talking a hook that's, if you looked at your thumb, your thumbnail, our hooks that we use are about the size of your thumbnail, possibly your big toe nail. That's about how big it is, which is not very big, but a little hook, a little drop shot hook allows that minnow to move. I mean, if I stuck a if I stuck a piece of rebar through the bottom of your lip, you're not going to be able to move too far, right? right? But if I stick a piece of uh, a coat hanger, the old type coat hangers, yeah. well, you're going to be able to move a little more. Now, that's the only way I can think of it. Or a welding rod, or just something thin, and that's the way I kind of feel on these drop shot hooks. The smaller the hook, the more that 
because that big smallmouth is not going to hit a minute if it's not acting right. So if it don't act natural, that big smallmouth is going to go, hmm, something's up with that. Something's up. Yeah, so I don't you want like to get Yes. So as we'll show you while you're up here, you, you determine your weight size is how much current. The less the current, the smaller the weight. The more the current, the more the weight. Where are you fishing? Are you fishing on the bottom, or are you wanting this to, to come down the middle of the water column? Or No, no. Uh, most of what we want is going to be close to the bottom, because if there's current running, these smallmouth are going to stay low to the low to the bottom. Reason be, they can get behind a stump, log, you know, a, a rock, and they can stay under that current. They can stay in that break and ambush baits as it's coming over that particular piece of structure. So. It's a lot of science. Yeah. Most guys can go out and catch some good fish if they've never tried it just drifting. But far as far as getting position where you need to be, it just takes a little time on the water to know where those breaks are. I mean, you've always heard breaks, you know, where a break is. There's something. Those smallmouth are not going to stay in that current all day. They're going to uh-huh. have to have a rest time. And um, a lot of times if you know where that rest time is, then you can catch fish pretty much all day so you can catch them when they're feeding and resting you just have to come see that brings me to another to to the last question here and 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 we started the show off talking about current and how when they're not running much current the fish aren't as active and when they run the current it's a dinner bell to them and the fish tend to get active what's your theory on on the reason behind that why why are they more active when they're current running than than when it's not Okay. Prime example. There was no current the other day running. And actually the, the, the kid I had with me, he said, Hey, hey, look up there at the dam. Look at all those birds up there. And there was hundreds of seagulls and all different kind of birds right at the dam. He said, Why are they up there? I said, Well, let's think about it. Steel water, there's nothing moving around. But when you crank that water up, especially the first hour, and they crank that water up, it starts moving bait around. But mm-hmm. what it what had happened was all that bait had got against the dam. When they kicked that unit on, it shoved that bait up. It got it up off the bottom and pushed it up. Well, that become a feeding frenzy. Mm-hmm. And the fish do the same thing. Obviously, they're not going to come out of the water, which they will in the mornings, you know, top water. But it's... The current moves things around. Your bait fish are not going to fight the current. So you know where they're going? Behind that rock where that smallmouth is. So it's an opportunistic situation for a bass. Uh, 100%. Or for any fish. It's it's not. It's like, okay, if there's not much current, we know there's not going to be much bait coming by us. Easy opportunities. So we're just mm-hmm. going to sit. We're, we're content with just sitting and waiting. If something swims by, we'll still eat it, but we're not in that active, active frenzy type mode, but they know when that current kicks on, okay, guys, get ready. The food's coming. And so they go into attack mode. That makes total sense. Mother nature has got that instilled in that fish. Same way is when you pull up to a bean field in September and there's uh, eight bucks standing out there or in August, there's eight bucks standing in that bean field, and you go back in October, and you go, well, why ain't those bucks standing out there anymore? Well, something's told that deer, hey, 
a lot more people in this field than it used to be. <laughs> yeah. We're smelling things and seeing things that we didn't see in August that we're seeing in October. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think it's mother nature's way. You know, it, it's, it's a fish. It's made to survive. And yep. just like a deer, you know, I can't pattern that deer, you know, well, there's a reason for that. You know, mother nature is telling him to come in there between 10 PM and two, 2 AM, you know, yeah. Uh, not come in there between daylight and nine o'clock. Because, yeah, he went nocturnal you know, for a reason. Well, same way with a smallmouth. You go down there and there's no current running. Well, that I mean, Mother Nature's saying, "Hey, we're still, everything's good. Just kind of lay over there and rest." But as soon as we kick this water on, if you're gonna feed, that now's the time to feed. Yeah, so you better go get something to eat. You know, it's like normal with Southeastern Pond Management. We have, you know, we have him on all the time and have a segment with him. And, and he, he said something one time that has kind of stuck with me and makes so much sense when you're in, in current. What we're talking about goes right along with this is, you know, if you're a, a bass, what makes him grow and what makes him, you know, become a big fish is to be able to eat as much food as he can spending the least amount of energy doing it so if you're having to run all the way to the end of the road end of your street to get one bite of you know one piece of pizza and run all the way back up to the house you burnt more calories than you ate and you didn't get nothing out of it where if you can walk you know out your back door and grab a, a large pizza that's been delivered and walk straight back up the stairs and eat the whole thing. Well, that's where you're, you know, you didn't use any energy to do that. You didn't burn any calories to do that. And yeah. it's the same situation with that, with the current, you know, if there's no current, that fish may have to swim around a lot looking for bait. And instead of doing that, he's like, you know what, the current will kick up. But when that current kicks on, it's easy meal opportunities where he spends less energy to get it. Yep. And he's going to bring his buddies with him too. And he's going to bring his buddies. Group them up, you know, and you got opportunity to catch more fish. That's right. Well, I can't, I can't let you go without at least talking about crappie a little bit. I know it's smallmouth season and you, you t- owned in on that right now, but, but you, you are, you are a crappie machine. And so I, we got to know what the crappie's doing. Well, they are actually kind of in the same position as your smallmouth, the water temperature with it dropping you know, it's putting them in a feeding mode. And most of the guys I know that are going out is catching anywhere between 25 and 35 crappie. Some of them are still trolling, but a lot of them right now are what we call one poling. Basically, a jig pole over some type of structure. Most of the structure is going to be anywhere from 15 to 20 foot of water and just sitting there wearing them out. I mean, um, you know, the morning times has seemed to be the best for the crappie right now from daylight to about 10 30 you know you can still use puffy minnows but most of the guys i know that you know they're using a you know a quarter or eighth uh eighth ounce head putting a slider uh maybe a, a crappie nibblet on there and, and just getting over the structure just holding a pole and it's really fun so you know if you're looking to do that uh that's where i'd first go to before i even went trolling you know i'd one pole, you could cast to them also. A lot of guys are using a live scope to uh, go up to this structure and cast to them. So, you know, right now is a really good time to fish. No doubt. Well, 
A lot of, you know, most of the time on the show, when I ask questions is for the general population of people that are listening and is to get information out to people that are going fishing in the next few days, maybe this weekend, they're coming up there and, and we always like to get a tip from you on that. But this next question is 100% I'm going to ask for selfish reasons for me. <laughs> it's because, so you got these big lakes and these lakes have you know, there'll be some decent sized creeks that come off these lakes and those creeks may go for miles and miles. And I've got mm -hmm. one that I'm thinking about that I've, that I have fished, been bass fishing a good bit, my kayak lately. And it's got mm -hmm. lay down timber all in this creek. And the way I mm -hmm. grew up crappie fishing was to go up to these tops and, and, you know, and fish with your jig and these, and these visible mm -hmm. tops where the trees are in the water. When you go up these creeks and you find these places like this, you got right down the river, you got a big, massive lake, right? I mean, maybe a mile right. down, half a mile, mile, two miles, wherever it may be. Is there a certain time of year when the crappie fishing up those creeks is good or crappie just, do they just do better in these big main lake bodies? Well, that that is a great question and there is it's crazy it'll be about a three to four week period in the fall that you can catch these fish and what i always tell people if they don't want to fish the main lake or even if they are fishing the main lake take time to go up one of these creeks pick you one go up there try five or six tops in that creek hey try the mouth of it you know try towards the back try one or two and if you don't do any good, get back out on the main lake. You know, a lot of times people will stumble on these places like you're talking about for one reason. They got to get out of the wind of the big lakes. So yep. guess what? They go to the creek, they pull up, clean those tops out. And a lot of times they never come back because they really don't think about it. But I've got several guys that do the same thing in a, in a kayak and they'll find a top that'll have 15 or 20 crappie on it. And they'll, hey, they'll catch every one of them out of there, every one they can. And so that's not an overlooked place. And that's something that, that I still do myself. I will run up one to two creeks and, and just check. Do they stay up there year round? I, I think they do. Are they harder to catch? Yes, because of what you said. One reason, they're laydowns. Everybody can see those tops. Yep. Well, everybody will fish them. So you can find that one top that maybe a guy didn't see or didn't fish that particular day or week and catch fish. But the, one of the main reasons people don't do that like they used to when you were growing up and I was growing up is because there wasn't 25 boats at a boat ramp on a Wednesday. Yeah. Now there's 25 boat ramp. There's 25 boats at a boat ramp on a Wednesday. You know, that used to be on Saturday. So all this visible stuff, that's where these electronics has played a huge part. I've just been to say that. Yep. Everybody sees that. You know, when your granddad, my granddad grew up, you know, they didn't have that kind of stuff. So they relied on these tops. But now if it's exposed, not only are we catching, not only are the regulars using it, the new guys are using it, which that's what we want. I mean, we want the younger generation fishing. Don't get me wrong, but that's an extra set of boats that are out there that used to not be. So, you know, I, I just think the fish get wise. They get beat up on anything that's visible like that. I think it gets used way more than stuff that are, that's offshore. Sure. Uh, it makes total sense. And I agree with you. It's maybe those tops up those creeks. I mean, so many people now rely on their electronics that 
they know where so many places are in the lake that have submerged structure that they can find easily with electronics that maybe they don't even think to go back up in the creek anymore to that trot top that they used to fish that lays down in the middle of the creek, right? Because they that, that, they don't have to. You're exactly right. And therefore, your guys with kayaks or your guys with smaller boats has an opportunity to fish these creeks because a lot of guys won't go up there. Prime example, several years ago, uh, I guess it was BASS, they had a tournament here, Greg Hackney's. I'm talking ripped them on a community hole. And everybody was just bum-fuzzled that he caught all these bass. I mean, 100 bass a day on a community hole. Well, you know what? Out of 200 guys, nobody went to that community hole because it was a community hole. And he stayed there for four days and won the tournament here. Man, I grew up, you, you know where I grew up over in Demopolis, Alabama on the Blackwater, Black Warrior and Tom Baby River and and. All my hunting I did as a teenager, you know, from the time I was 15 to, to the time I was in my early 20s, probably, a big portion of the hunting I did was out of, was I'd take my boat and I'd run up the river to this public Corps of Engineer land. And everybody you talk to, Brian, where are you hunting? I'm going up there to that core land. They're like, man, ain't no way I'd go up there. Everybody in the country's hunting that. There's people everywhere yeah. up there. Well, guess what? Everybody thought everybody was up there, so they didn't go, and it wasn't nobody there but me. It's like yep. I had this whole place to myself because everybody thought it was public land, so therefore it was overhunted. I never saw anybody up there, ever. It was just me, and I killed the hell out of them. Yep. Don't drive by a place just because you think it's a community hole or everybody goes up that creek. Well, you know, everybody goes up that creek for a reason, you know, but there might be that one piece of structure that nobody touched. You know, uh, we had a um, we had a college tournament here uh, a couple of years ago uh, in the summertime. Well, everybody run 40 miles down down the river. One of the guys, as they were coming out, saw, I mean, right at the boat ramp, a fish break water. They stayed there for three days. I'm talking less than 40 yards from the boat ramp and won a college tournament where everybody else was burning three, four hundred dollars a day of gas. They literally cranked up drop the trolling motor i see it you know it's all in what you want to put in it it's just being aware and going fishing you know you can have the best boat you know the best electronics best tackle best gear everything if you're not taking that boat and putting it in the water you're, you're not going to catch fish i don't care who you are you've got to go catch fish i mean you've got to go sooner you or later go. you're going to put it together even if you're not catching fish i tell tell these young guys all the time look if you go out there for three days and you don't catch any fish, don't be disappointed. If you've paid attention to what's going on, you're going to see something that you did or somebody else is doing that's going to help. Period. You're going to learn. That's just the facts. I learn all the time. You know, yeah. I pay attention. What's going on when you see, you know, a dip net come out, a guy and a fish. Well, what's he doing? What's he doing that I'm not doing? You know, so, and change up. You know, I, I fall in the same category. I do the same stuff every fall. Well, sometimes you need to change up just a little bit and you'll learn something. So that's that's my tip of the day is to change up and pay attention to your surroundings because, you know, if you just get focused in on what you're doing, there's a lot of things that you can pick up by just, just kind of paying attention to what's going on around you. Well, and you see, you see so many times, you've seen it a thousand times up there on, on, on the Tennessee River 
where you've got all your local a- anglers that are going out to a tournament to fish a tournament and you're like man they, they 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 got a big advantage this is their home lake and somebody from another part of the country that's never fished that lake comes in there and and, and wins it and you're like how and but but he doesn't have a preset notion of where he's gonna fish and he you know and what he's been doing all these years he comes in and finds something that nobody else knew was there and he pays attention because he don't know how to fish it. exactly right everybody thinks hometown bank now now there, there's not a hometown advantage of your lake more times than, than what you think, you want to be at 10 different places at 10 different times, and it's impossible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you're better off just to clear your mind and go fishing. One of the last tournaments I fished in, my old buddy Jason, <laughs> he, 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 man, I, we own the fish. We're going we gonna to do good in this tournament. And, man, we went to the first place, and we about the third cast, we caught a, about a two-and-a-half-pound fish, and he jerked the trolling motor up and cranked the boat. I said, what are you doing? He said, well, if they here, then they really going to be over here. And he ran Stop. up to the river about 20 minutes, and we caught a couple fish, and he's like, well, man, if they're here, Every time we catch a fish, he'd cry, pick the trolley motor up and run somewhere else. Yeah, it just gets in your mind. It's just in your mind. That's right. Well, hey, man, Brad, I love having you on here, buddy. And I am so looking forward to getting up there and, uh, and fishing with you in a couple of weeks uh, it's gonna be a great time man and 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 seeing your new war eagle boat that's gonna be awesome as well but uh man if somebody wants to book a trip with you what's the best way for them to contact you hey the old-fashioned way just give me a call at 256-483-0834 or you can check me out on facebook or instagram under brad whitehead or brad whitehead fishing but usually the texts and the calls is the best way we can talk about it see what you See what you want to get out of a trip. And I always ask that question. What is your goal on booking a trip? And um, it always works pretty good. So just give me a call and I'll looking forward to, to fishing with you. Well, guys, y'all reach out there to Brad. I say this uh, a lot on the program. We've got so many good callers that do that, that call in and they're professionals and they do this for a living and you, and you're going to catch fish with them. But I think you can, you know, if y'all are listening and you and you've heard Brad on here before and you hear him today, I mean, I, I think you know that you don't have to listen too long to know that you're going to be with somebody that that you're going to learn a incredible amount from in a short period of time, and have fun and catch a lot of fish all at the same time. And that's hey, if you're booking a trip, that's all you can ask for. So give Brad a call, book a trip with him. And hurry up because these these smallmouth are biting right now, and uh, I promise you his phone's ringing. So hurry up, book a trip with him. Brad, stay Amen. safe out there, buddy. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. I'll talk to you soon. All right, guys, great segment. Let's take a few moments and hear from some of this week's sponsors. This week's episode is brought to you by Outdoor Alabama. That's where I learned the basics of how to hunt and fish, including what's in season and which license to buy. Learn more at OutdoorAlabama.com. Go hunt, go fish, get outdoors. This message was brought to you by the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. And brought to you by MB Ranch King. MB Ranch King hunting blinds and feeders are built to last right here in the USA. With durability and convenience in mind, MB Ranch King's maintenance-free blinds are built and constructed with high-grade steel and come in a variety of sizes to meet any hunter's needs. We also offer high-quality, easy-to-use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. 
Call Kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King, built in the pursuit of perfection. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Hey, book a trip with Brad and go catch some of these smallmouth. It's a small period during the year when this smallmouth live bait fishing is fantastic and, and is going on right now. Uh, like I said, I'm going up there myself. I've got a trip with him in November, and uh, I cannot wait to get on the water and do that with him. But, man, let's move on down from North Alabama, and let's move down to the to the Coosa River chain, and not just the Coosa. He fishes everywhere and have my buddy Jake Maddox on. What's going on, Jake? What's going on? How are you? I'm good, man. So I understand you up at Hartsville right now. Yes, sir. Lake Hartwell. We got the uh, day one of the bass open out here. Um, this is the last stop. I think I'm in 16th in points after before this tournament started. So I think on paper I'd have to win this tournament to qualify through the Southern Opens. But I think I still got a shot if I can catch them tomorrow pretty big. Maybe not win the tournament, but I can catch them in the overalls. But we'll see. Just got to catch big fish and looking forward to the rest of the season. Heck yeah, man. We'll catch you a big fish. That's for sure. I mean, season's winding down and man, you know, go out with a bang for sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, uh, you got your buddy Logan up there. How's Logan doing? See, how's the tournament? Yeah, he had a little bit bigger weight than I did. I think he had 13 pounds, something, and I had 11. It's fishing kind of tough right now. It's been fishing really, really good. And then that hurricane came and kind of messed some things up in the from what I hear anyways, I came up here a week ago to pre-fish and just kind of look around and then went home, went to the Auburn game and then kind of came back on Monday and just scanned all day, Monday and Tuesday, made a couple casts. And then yesterday I actually fished. So that's the thing about Hartwell. I've been here plenty of times, but places, you know, every year the, the brush will deteriorate and, you know, you got re-scanned a lot of areas and it just takes a lot of time, but that's how you do well on Hartwell a lot of the time, especially doing the cane pile, brush pile program. You just got to have a lot of spots to run. I think my co-angler kept count. I didn't. He said we did over 50 spots today fishing and didn't really figure it out till about like 12 o'clock what, you know, what to actually do, what actually baits to use. But once we figured that out, started catching some bigger fish and started pulling up all throughout the day. So I'm looking forward to tomorrow pretty exciting love hartwell it fishes a lot like lake martin very very similar really yes sir yeah deep clear a lot of bass big largemouth cool thing is though is the same places you can catch a big spot of bass suspended in the brush pile over 30 or 40 feet of water you can catch a six pound largemouth that's very cool on this lake heck yeah man well and you know just like me and me and brad were talking about in the segment before this you know we were we were talking about and and, and this is what you guys are really good at and you just kind of hit on it i mean you've you spent your first couple days uh, all you're doing is you're not even fishing you're just riding and you're paying attention to what's going on in the lake you're you're marking spots you're you're not just going out there and starting to fish i mean there's there's a reason that you guys no matter where you go are successful because you, you go out there and you put some front end work and y'all are really good at paying attention to, to what the fish are doing, what they're, you know, what, what depth range they're in, whether they're on 
or rock ledge or whether they're on brush piles and and y'all spend that time behind your electronics to, uh, to pay attention and 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 that's you know a lot of us weekend warriors we don't do that we we just go out there and start fishing and then we get mad that we don't catch a lot of fish and there's a reason why and you you guys hats off to y'all because y'all know how to do that stuff really well yes sir yeah it definitely takes some time you know to kind of trust your electronics so to speak you know i was you know even after doing it for you know all season long like yesterday i had um or the the second to last day of practice i had something go wrong with my trolling motor so i said oh my gosh i have all these brush piles that i marked and found but i uh i don't know how to catch a bass out of them because i haven't fished any of them yet and then my trolling motors messed up so i'm going to go to the service yard and won't be able to get to practice at all actually get to throw at them but they got me taken care of pretty quick and um yeah we're back on the water last day of practice and then actually went and sampled some areas of the lake and just kind of see you know i've got brush on every section of the lake so that way you know we can figure out what section they're biting in and they'll let you know pretty quick most of the time today was a little bit different though it's just a lot tougher um, yeah the fish would follow your bait in they would you know not even react they would you know you'd have to make a real far cast like i was making over a you know over a hundred foot cast most of the time i wouldn't try to i'd have my live scope where i would not get closer than 100 feet of the brush pile just because i felt like i was gonna pull the fish away from the brush and they'd want to come underneath the shade of the boat and just kind of they're just really curious just spotted bass in clear water so they're they're curious little critters so they'll swim around check the boat out all that kind of stuff so i was making just real real long cast today so yeah that's just something that's real real key What's happening on What's happening on Lake Martin right now? Yeah, so I mean the the fall feed is in full effect. Basically, the water is going to start to go down. It hasn't yet, not that I know of. I haven't been out there in a couple in probably two weeks. Last I was out there, it was full pool. Uh, I think they're going to start dropping it in October. So when the lake first starts to draw down, you have two different types of bank composition. You got you know your regular flat pockets, your flat banks, whatever. But you also have your vertical stuff. Well, the fish feel more comfortable a lot of the times on the vertical structure because whenever the water drops, there's still water over their head. Well, you know, maybe you, maybe you found some fish in the back of a creek that's real flat and the water starts to drop. Now there's no water in there and those fish are going to have to pull out. So a lot of times I'll, I'll mix either fishing those. Sorry, I got distracted. There's a, there's a bass underneath our dock. I'm down here at the dock. The Airbnb we're staying at. There's a bass underneath the dock. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll fit I'll fish the vertical, you know, the steeper banks a lot of times going into those pockets that get real flat in the back. So you get the best of both worlds where it's real flat in the back. They're gonna wanna push those shad back in there and then they're gonna wanna they can sit on those bluff ends, that kind of stuff and, and when the water's starting to drop over their head. Yeah, that's good, man. It makes a lot of sense because those the like you said, when it starts pulling out, those fish have to pull out. And so it makes sense that they if you're at one of the closest you know, straight vertical by, uh, ledges or, or banks uh, that they're going to be there. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And then same thing with like the back of a creek. If you got a little bit of a, like a ditch or something that maybe even like a foot or two deeper than everything else around it, then that's where the fish are going to congregate and they're going to be chasing shad, doing their, doing their fall feed. Heck yeah. Well, let's switch gears just a little. And, and, and I know that you know, you're fishing up there right now and planning on that and, and, uh, we'll do well. So good luck tomorrow. And, 
And uh, when you get back, you'll be fishing Lake Martin again. So, so people can, can contact you and book trips with you. And you know, that lake as good as anybody, but I want to talk more or for a little while about, about some of the things that you're using. And I, and, and, and I know that I text you not too long ago. It's like, man, I need a new reel. What kind of reel should I get? And you told me about the Shimano reels that are very affordable. They're not $300 yeah. reels. This is my favorite reel I've ever had. I got that. They are unbelievable. Yeah. 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 That's the cool thing about Shimano is they make products for everybody. They make a $700 spinning reel. They make a $400 casting reel, but they also make a $100 casting reel. And a lot of the same technologies, whenever a new product, one of their flagship models comes out, the technology in that flagship model gets passed down into their lower end reels. So you're fishing with a product that is has some of the same technologies as a $700 reel even. And it, it's just all around, they make great quality products. And whether it be the rods, the lures, reels, Shimano and Daiwa are the only um, are only real companies that have their own factories. Everywhere else is made in the same factory. So like Berkeley and Luz is made on, in the same same factory. Or not Berkeley and Luz, uh Albu Garcia and Luz are made in the same factory. So, Shimano is the only company that has their own factories. They got Japan, Malaysia, a couple of different factories. But everything that comes out their door is top quality. Well, I got the SLX, and and I love it, yeah. man. I, in fact, I'm I may be going back. To, I think they got a big sale at Marks Outdoors tomorrow, so I may go back they and do. get me another one. They do. Yeah, you need to. Yeah, it's a great reel. Um, that's the cool thing about Shimano is I literally have. A deck full of metaniums are like $400 real, but I also have their SLX on the deck too, because I trust that. If I trust, you know, the metanium, their top of the line reel, I also trust their SLX. They're affordable, you know, every day. It's a perfect reel. You know, like I've, I've talked to so many high school anglers that, you know, they, they can't go out and buy a $200 reel or whatever. They need, you know, it's better to have more rods to be able to get multiple things done rather than to have like one really nice setup that you can't do everything with better right. to have something that you can do every a couple of different rods that you can do everything with rather than you know having whatever and then when it's time to step up to those bigger reels you know those, those other reels you can but you don't need to that's the beauty about the shimano reels yeah and 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 you know and, and i didn't even realize i mean i i think of shimano i think of reels and and but they also they also make rods now and yep but the one thing that I didn't realize that their products, their, their lures that they're making now, I mean, are, are phenomenal. Yeah. They make some really, really innovative lures. We first came out with the world minnow world diver. Basically it's a jerk bait that features the flash boost technology. Basically what it is, is a piece of foil inside the bait. So anytime the bait has any movement whatsoever, the foil in the bait will sit there and shake. So it looks alive. It looks like looks like fins. Looks like gills up near the head of the bait, but it's shiny. So like a place like Martin or Hartwell, where there's blue black herring, chrome is an awesome color. That bait, you know, it's shiny or whatever. It catches light and it throws that flash. That's why it's called flash boost. The first day I ever threw it, I caught two four pounders on each hook. Wow! First cast, first cast I ever made with it. That made you a believer pretty quick. Absolutely. I was actually taking a account out and they're pretty good on Leonard. He's actually staying with us right now. And, and, uh, 
he's like, I'll take you to one of my brush piles. And then he said, all right, let's make a cast with it. Both doubled up, and I had two four-pounders on each hook. And then he had a great old big one on his. So that made us believers pretty quick. And that was the first time I ever had thrown it, and it was literally the first cast. So it's a great, great lure. And then they got a deep diving and a shallow diving. But they also have a lot of crankbaits. They're designed by Ken Iobi. They were originally Japanese baits that they brought over to America this past year at the Bassmaster Classic. A really cool crankbait. There's actually six different models to be able to do pretty much everything. And one that I really, really like that's kind of a sleeper is the 39 size. It is a tiny, tiny little crappie crankbait. But if you need to get a bite, I'm always going to have that one tied on because there's not a lot of other little crankbaits like that, and you can throw it on a spinning rod. If bait fish are eating small bait fish like they are in the fall a lot of times, it's a great, great crankbait. Once we get a little bit colder and they make a flat side, features jet boost technology. Basically, it's a weight transfer system that makes a little, little bait be able to cast super, super efficiently and really big on it. And then they just got your typical square bills, like, you know, you got your 1.5 size, your... 2.5 size and then your your big one but we label it as a 50 a, a 63 and a 75 75 is our biggest 63 is the medium and then 50 is just your all-around 1.5 style crankbait and then some poppers and then we just came out with spinner baits called swagey strong third rate um, basically it's a tapered wire design with flattened blades so it allows you to burn it really quickly but you still get the vibration because the wire first place a spinnerbait usually breaks is going to be the head or the line tie so what they did is they put a thicker gauge wire from the head to the line tie and then it gets thin where the blades are so you get increased vibration and then that little offset because of the the bar diameter it gives the bait a little bit of a rocking action unlike any other spinnerbait so i've actually been throwing that a lot lately um threw it a lot at the red river threw it a lot out here on hartwell when i did go up shallow it's a great little great little crank spinnerbait for sure yeah i've heard good things about it and and i was going to ask you uh and so thank you for going into that because you already answered my question but i was going to ask you what made that spinnerbait what kind of set it apart because i've been hearing about it uh and been hearing so much positive that and you explained it very well it's that tapered wire it gives it gives it more action on the on the you know on, on the back end of the bait uh, and it's thicker, so it's still durable uh, toward the head and, and the line tie. Yeah, definitely. It's a really cool one. They've got some really cool colors, too. My favorite title killer. It's almost like if you ever thrown like a spot remover color skirt, it's almost like that. And it's, you know, anywhere on the Coosa River, anywhere on, you know, Lake Martin, that's the one I'm going to go for pretty much every time. And what color is that? It's called title killer. What color? It's almost like a white with like a, almost like a clear crystal colored underneath and then it's got like a couple strips of like black and then it's got some like light chartreuse in it cool very cool all right guys let's take a few moments and hear from some of this week's sponsors this week's episode is brought to you by killer doc i hadn't even realized how bad it was i was cleaning fish on rotten wood and after cleaning just a few fish i was filthy and i had a sunburn i tried wearing a hat but it just couldn't keep me cool and how was I supposed to clean fish without getting messy? Killer Doc brings the upgrade that not only will keep me cool and clean, it will make being on my dock enjoyable again. 
Killer Dock combines durability, function, and design to uniquely upgrade your entire dock experience. Visit KillerDock.com to check out the greatest fish cleaning station known to mankind. And brought to you by NorthAlabama.org. Are you looking for a real adventure? Whether you're experienced or just a weekend angler looking to land the big one, North Alabama is the place to go for your next fishing expedition. North Alabama is home to eight picturesque lakes, Pickwick, Wilson, Wheeler, Wise, Smith, Needley Henry, Lake Gunnersville, and Bear Creek Lakes. Each lake is well-stocked with a variety of fish, and in North Alabama, fishing is great year-round. For more information, visit www.northalabama.org and click on Plan to download a North Alabama fishing guide. Also brought to you by Fish Bites. For more than 20 years, anglers everywhere have come to know one thing, that nothing says no to Fish Bites. We are the Fish Bites Nation, and this is your invitation. So grab some Fish Bites and get busy casting, because you can't join the nation without doing the catching. Ask for Fish Bites or Fish Club Lures, or visit fishbites.com. What about line? There's so many line options out there, and I made a mistake the other day. You know, I had fluorocarbon on, and all of a sudden, you know, we get a little get a little wind. Gets late in the afternoon. I'm like, man, this would be a great time to throw that Zara spook out there. And I and you can, I still was able to fish it, but I could tell really quick that fluorocarbon ain't meant for this. Yeah, you got to get that Power Pro. So that's under the Shimano brand also. Power Pro is awesome. The strongest line out there, it, you know, it doesn't stretch. That's the awesome part about it is when I'm swimming a jig and, you know, a four or five pounder eats my swim jig, I don't want any stretch. I want to put that hook straight through his skull. I don't want any stretch whatsoever. And then, you know, for all the way from 65 to, you know, 50, I fished a lot of 40. You know, I like that thinner braid because i think the thinner the braid the you know the easier it is to cut but you know still with 40 you're still getting a lot of strength um you're not sacrificing you're not gonna break your line with 40 a lot of guys only use 65 or 50 i use 50 and 40 probably the most um and then like something cool today is um i was actually at the service yard this morning and the guy with phoenix boat started laughing saying that i had um you know all these different color line on well on my spinning reels so different color lines helps me out because i'm using um you know i got all these different spinning reels and i got all these you know i got the same reels and i got the same rods on the deck with different baits on them so i've got the red power pro with my pink worm my pink drop shot worm so i know when i'm fishing fast fishing 100 brush piles a day or realistically 50 brush piles a day i can look down and say oh I've got my red, the rod with the red braid on it has my drop shot if I want my drop shot. If I want something, my open water bait, I was throwing a bait by Jackal called a riser. I'll go down and I'll grab the rod that has blue line on it. If I want to fish my shaky head where I want to see, you know, detect my bites and everything, I want to use a, a, a chartreuse color line. So that's kind of like something cool that Power Pro does is they have so many different colors of line that I can quickly just tell what rod i want and it just makes me more efficient so does the color of the line i mean is it is the visibility i guess the same for i mean does it matter in the fishing of it does it stand out does one 
stand out more to the fish than the other or um apparently the red disappears the quickest in the water column but i don't even really look into all that i use i just tie a leader of fluorocarbon to my braid um, on my spinning rods so i'll just tie like a you know i tie a crazy alberto or fg knot that alberto is just really easy to tie and pretty quick and it's to me it's just as strong as fg so i'll do that and then um for my spin reels and stuff and then for some stuff you got to have fluorocarbon on but if i can get away with braid i'm going braid i need to get some of that line and what was the name of that again we got two different kinds we got power pro super slick and power pro original those are the two lines we use so the difference is is original power pro is a four carrier braid so what that is is whenever they go to make the braid basically there's four pieces of thread that are winded together to make that braid so that's that rough feeling braid mm-hmm. eight carrier braid same thing but eight strands woven together and it's a lot slicker so it's smooth i like the four carrier the rougher stuff what i want to cut so lily pads anything like that i'm throwing a frog you need to cut the grass i use a four carrier anything else i use the uh the eight carrier the super slick awesome all right you mentioned a swim bait a while ago and i've recently tried to start fishing some some swim baits when you're fishing a swim bait first of all are are you is that mainly an offshore technique bite there's a bunch of different types of swim baits so i was saying a big swim bait i like i'll throw like a big glide bait a lot um shimano just came out with their own version it's called a um, armor joint basically it's a pretty cool bigger style swim bait it's about seven inches long um Basically, it's pretty cool because the hardest thing you'll have with casting the big swim bait is it wants the helicopter because it's so heavy. This bait has armor joint technology or armor boost technology, and basically the bait will completely fold in half on a cast and be more compact and more aerodynamic so you're able to cast it like underneath the dock, underneath the laydown, that sort of thing. It's really cool. And then it has just a nice S swimming action that drives the fish nuts. So when you're fishing a swim bait, are you like burning it? Are you slow rolling it? I mean, what kind of speed? Yeah, it just just depends. Like out here at Hartwell, I'm throwing like a hard body, multiple joint one. Um, That's just like a custom one. I throw it, I throw it and I burn it on top of the water out offshore because they're eating herring, that kind of stuff. But like around docks or whatever, I really, really, my probably my favorite thing to throw a swim bait around is docks and trees. And, uh, you know, I use a softball, I use a mag draft a lot, mega bass bait. Um, no affiliation to mega bass, it's just a good bait. And then um, I like the armor joint a lot. A couple other little like custom made ones. Those are the ones I like to throw a lot. But sometimes I'll burn it. Sometimes I'll throw like a big paddle tail on the ledge. I'll slow roll it. But it really just depends on the situation and kind of what the mood of fish are in. Yeah. Well, and you know, and that's one of the reasons that I wanted to have this conversation with you today is you know there are so many lures out there and for for people like me that 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 don't you know that i'm a weekend warrior at best you know i don't get to fish that often uh or as often as i'd like to and you go to a tackle shop and it's overwhelming you know the not just the reels not just the rods but the the different lures and it's like man 
what are you getting? What are you not getting? It's, it's almost like I, I wish somebody would just make me a list and say, go get these. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. Because it takes, because yeah. you can get overwhelmed when you're in the store. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what we can do is we can make a list right now of uh, the top fall dates for Alabama right now. Dude, that is an amazing idea. Roll, let's roll through that. Okay. So first date I would have on is the 50 size Shimano Macbeth crankbait. I would go with the regular version, not the shallow version. The shallow version is more of a wake bait for everything that you want to do for hitting around, you know, hitting around cover, rocks, docks, laydowns comes through amazing i would go with the 50 size shimano mcbeth crankbait um, i would pair that with whatever your favorite brand fluorocarbon is probably 15 to 17 pounds because you're going to be throwing it around a lot of heavy cover this time of year in the backs of those creeks that sort of thing how deep does that thing how deep does that die three to five feet okay um three to five feet and then you know i'd pair it up with a 610 medium heavy glass rod that's just what i throw and then shimano Corrado. 200 or 150 with um you know your preferred 15 to 17 pound fluorocarbon that would be my favorite be option number one for sure second would definitely be swagey strong the spinnerbait my favorite rod is a 610 medium heavy not the glass version x pry that's the one i throw it on but you got a 610 um rod laying around that's the one you want to pick up and if not head over to marks outdoors they got some plenty of rods to go check choose from from g loomis shimano a bunch of other brands you should check them out Number three, I would say the Mick Pop with uh, the, excuse me, I always want to call it the Mick Pop, but it's the World Pop by Shimano. Basically, it's popper, top water in the fall. It's perfect. It's a really, really killer because it can walk around really quickly, um, but you can also pop it. Um, it walks better right out of the package. If you want it to truly pop, I would add a little bit bigger hook on the back and it'll pop perfectly. Same thing, I throw it on a 610 medium with a um with a seven to one reel and i usually go 30 pound braid or 15 pound mono that's typically just if you're a braid or a mono guy just power pro um that's what i like then as far as i always have a jerk bait this time of year and then i just go with a shallow version of the world minnow 610 medium same rod as the top water and 10 to call it 15 pound line i like 12 a lot for a jerk bait that's probably what i would do and then you'll notice that all of this stuff is fast moving baits. It's because the fish are eating eating shad this time of year, and you need to cover water, find those find those bait, find that shad. And number five, I would probably have to say the good old jig. You gotta have a jig on always, just to keep keep around. And I'd probably just go with whatever your favorite jig is. Um, I like a I like a half ounce to a three eighths. Those are probably the two biggest sizes. And you know, sometimes I like to throw a swim jig too in the fall. It's a good one too. If the fish are getting in the grass, I like a uh, a lighter size, like a quarter swim jig. And that's probably my top five fall favorite fall baits is what I would I would go for. So yeah, four and, of them are Shimano, and then two, and one of them is uh, just whatever your favorite jig is. Well, and 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 all those baits that you mentioned, like you said, they're they're fast moving baits, fast twitch, fast moving getting the reaction bite like you said those fish are actively feeding so much in the fall uh except for the jig you know the swim jig obviously is a is a faster one but the the jig is the only one that you named that was a a slower moving bait when would you you know we're talking fall fishing so when would you say you know what i'm gonna slow down put a jig on you know if i if i see 
kind of fish either on my electronics, like with my with the live scope or anything, and they're just not in a feeding mood. Sometimes, you know, like right now we're we're post frontal. We just had a giant hurricane come through. Sometimes it's, you just need to pick up something a little bit different, something a little bit slower, like that jig. That's probably when I'd pick it up. I just have a problem fishing too fast a lot of the time, or maybe not too fast. My co-owner said today he was from Indiana and he knows Jacob Wheeler. He said the only person he knows that fishes faster than I do is Jacob Wheeler. So that's just what my co-owner said today. But you know, sometimes you got to slow down, and sometimes you got to pick areas apart. And then also, like I fish the opens, and it's the biggest thing I've noticed this year is we've got a lot of boats, and we get a lot of boat pressure. So sometimes. You can't just go run all over the lake because, you know, if you leave a spot that had fish to go find, you know, bigger fish, sometimes the spots you wanted to hit already have boats on them and stuff. So sometimes you just got to lock in a place and just kind of scrape in, scrape out what you can. And that jig yeah. does a really good job of it. And then, you know, good old shaggy head too. You can't go wrong with shaggy head. Yeah. So do you, do you pay attention? And, and we talked about this a little bit on the last segment. Does current does it play a big part on whether you fish fast or slow? I mean, if you've got, if they're generating a lot of current, you feel like the fish are probably in a feeding mode. So to me, it would be reasonable to fish faster. Um, yeah, well, yes and no. So when they're not pulling any water, you can do one of two things. You can fish really, really slow, or you can fish your bait really, really fast to make them react. And when they're not in a feeding mode, but as far as like current goes, I like to use the current to my advantage and I'll like throw in the jig. I'll let the, I'll throw the jig up in the current and let the current sweep the jig down the bank and let it kind of, you know, sweep down the undercut banks, that kind of stuff. So let the current kind of do the job. Not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago, I went to the Alabama river. I was throwing a big live bait up by the dam and I was letting the um, current from the dam push that glide bait up in the, what you call backflow. Basically if your main generator, pushes all the water out of the dam and then you have something called backflow basically it will um push it back shift to the water the up back up to the dam yeah so i'd fish the backflow and that kind of stuff but it really just depends on on how the mood of the fish are um as far i just i like to use the current to my advantage it just looks more natural that way same thing with the fluke like throw the throw the fluke up in the current and just let it drift down i like baits that you know you can really drift a lot um, dude i love like a fluke baits, man we don't talk about flukes on here very much, but dang, I love fishing a fluke. Yeah, I kind of forgot about it, and I got one tied on. And they've been they've been biting it. Man, it's just one of those lures that you can fish it. You can fish it on top. You can fish it further down. You can fish it slow. You can fish it fast. A fluke's just an all around great great bait. Yeah, speaking of fluke, one of the guys we're rooming with, he just threw a fluke at me while I'm on the phone with you. <laughs> nice. Do a hey, nothing like good friends right nothing like good yeah friends. yeah well good sure. stuff for man sure. well hey jake man this is a great segment man thank you for all the info we jammed a lot of info into that segment for sure and uh but i think it's good i mean i, I think you know we all wondered you know golly man what are these guys using these tournament guys that are successful what do they use? How do they fish? And that's one reason we have this podcast. And and so to go through that fall bait selection, that's cool, man. And and uh, I appreciate you you doing that for us. Well, good luck in Hartsel, Hartwell, not Hartsel, Hartwell. Hartwell, yes, sir. And uh, man, come in strong and 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 finish this thing out. And hey, look, Sam Rayburn, right around what what date, Sam Rayburn? Do you know off the top of your head? 
Uh, I think it's the twentieth. Something uh, around the twentieth, I think. Is it October, November? It's October, isn't it? Yeah, it's October the twentieth. So it's not next week, but it's the week after that. I may see you there. I, I may go with y'all to right. that one, and we 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 stay at my buddy's camp down there, and uh, we'll have a good time. But we'll I'll, we'll definitely line that up. All right, man. If somebody hey, if somebody wants to contact you to book a trip on Lake Martin, Acusa Chain, wherever, what's the best way for them to contact you? Yeah, go to my website, BassinBrosGuideService.com. It's, you know, Bassin without a G, B-A-S-S-I-N, bros.com. Or go to my um, Instagram uh, at jmad underscore fishing um, and just send me a DM there. Um, I've got limited days in November and December, so going to try to get some people booked and get some people out on the water. Fishing should be good on Lake Martin. Yes, sir, man. Glad, hey. glad to be down with tournaments and, and get to go fish at home. So no, that's Come right. With me. That's right. I'm going. There ain't no doubt about that. You're going to be able yeah, to keep me absolutely. out of there. All right, buddy. Appreciate absolutely. you, man. Stay safe out there and good luck tomorrow. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Welcome back to the show. What a great second segment that was with Jake. I mean, that's a lot of information that we can all use going into the fall to prepare for it with our, with our rod selection or reel selection or bait selection. And, uh, man, I, I, I know I'm on to, uh, I'm going to be taking him up on that. Uh, those five selections he had, I'm gonna make sure I have those in my boat and tied on, uh, Jake's an awesome guy and y'all book a trip with him. You won't regret it. This guy, when, you know, especially when he comes back off the tournament trail, starts fishing Lake Martin again. Y'all book a trip with him. You're going to, you're going to learn an incredible amount and, and catch fish all at the same time. So get out there guys, it's time to go fishing. It is the fall is the bite is on. People are catching fish and you know, I usually like to do three segments on here and, and both these segments today we're a little longer than normal, but it's just such good stuff. I mean, how do you cut that off, right? I mean, how do we shorten those segments? And so we're just going to do two segments today and wrap it up so that it's not too long. But I appreciate all you guys that listen. And, uh, man, be sure and spread the word. Tell your friends about us. Subscribe, rate, and leave us a review wherever you listen to the podcast. And don't forget, all you have to do is text the word fishing to six four seven five five eight nine eight nine five and we will email you the show each and every week also don't forget to get the afco free sun protection mask promo code and also be added to our email list and we'll send you the new show each week all right guys that is going to be a wrap for the day y'all stay safe out there and we look forward to bringing you another show next week This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by AFCO. Family-owned and operated, AFCO fishing apparel and tackle are designed to handle the harshest elements. Visit AFCO.com for on-the-water performance gear. And brought to you by Hilton's Real-Time Navigator, bringing you the highest quality online satellite fishing charts since 2004. Your source for sea temps, altimetry, currents, and watercolor at Hilton'sOffshore.com. And brought to you by United Bank. 
United Bank supports our farmers with financial products and services designed specifically for agribusiness. Learn more at unitedbank.com. All loans subject to credit approval, equal housing opportunity lender, member FDIC. And by LM Marine has something for everyone from small hunting boats, pontoons, as well as bigger bay and hybrid boats for the hardcore angler. Go visit them at 34600 Highway 59 in Stapleton, Alabama, or call 251-937-1380. And brought to you by Texas Hunter. Since 1954, Texas Hunter Products has delivered the finest quality fish and game feeders and hunting blinds in the industry. To learn more, visit TexasHunter.com. And brought to you by Baker's Metalworks in DC Supply. Baker Metalworks and Dixie Supply manufacture a variety of metal roofing systems to meet your needs. Whether you are putting a new roof on your home or sheeting a commercial building, they have you covered. Baker Metalworks and Dixie Supply, your metal roofing headquarters. And brought to you by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors Magazine subscription and become a better Southern outdoorsman. You can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. 